This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 171, Unemployment Post-COVID, with Nicole Martin and Katie Cummins. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We've come a long way, and we're almost through the year of 2020. Now, nobody at the start of this year, I'm sure, could have imagined where life would have you now at the end of 2020. And I hope and I pray that you're well and staying safe. I hope also that you found some opportunities for growth. Unfortunately, however, if statistics are true, a lot of you listening on this podcast today may be unemployed as a result of the unfortunate, terrible virus that swept across this globe over the last year. I really hope that you're doing okay. And whatever your situation, know that you have people who are out there to support you. So do reach out to me if no one else, and we can talk about how you can build a recovery you can count on. However, there's a lot of strategies and I think upcoming changes to the marketplace that were going to happen anyway, regardless of the coronavirus. And I think some of the trends and emerging lines of work uh, should be paid attention to as we get ready for a post-COVID world. We're all keeping those fingers crossed for that post-COVID world. Today, I have on our podcast two people who work with me and with Lake Growth Financial Services, Katie Cummins and Nicole Martin. Now, we go over a lot of ground in the episode today. We talk about how to define leadership in these changing times. We talk about the talent emergency and exactly what we mean by that as boomers leave the workforce. Uh, a lot of people think that's an opportunity for lots of job growth, but a lot of others see it as a potential drag on our economy for the next two decades, two decades, if you can imagine that. We talk about how high-performing businesses all share four key pillars and how we can build those pillars into our business for years to come. We also talk about the human side of profitability, not just squeezing more work out of your workers, but actually building a true culture of generative wealth and health. So this is the content for today's episode. I think you'll get a lot out of it, whether you're an employee looking to just become more valuable to your business that you work for, or if you're an employer, how you can generate and build a creative and successful culture that can withstand any uh, world pandemic or market collapse or industry changes that you might be faced with as a business owner. So Nicole Martin is Chief Empowerment Officer and founder of HR Boost, an HR shared services consulting firm in Chicago. And like I mentioned, we use at Lake Growth Financial, we have used... Nicole and Katie Cummins and their services at HR Boost for years and have truly found them to be invaluable to us as we've grown our business. Now, in recognition of her professional excellence, as well as her community, Nicole has been honored by multiple organizations, including most recently as one of Mirror Review's 10 Game-Changing Women in 2019, awardee for Business Excellence by Chicago Daily Herald, and a 2016 Enterprising Woman of the Year champion by Enterprising Women Magazine. A sought-after expert, her knowledge and advice have been featured in newspapers and magazines throughout the country. 
In addition, Nicole is the host online of HR in the Fast Lane and contributing writer for the Chicago Business Journal. Nicole has authored International Literary Award and Amazon bestseller, The Talent Emergency, and the accompanying Talent Emergency Guidebook, The Human Side of Profitability, The Power of Joy and Purpose, and her newly released co-authored book, No Fear Negotiation for Women. Nicole serves on a number of boards dedicated to human capital, culture, and HR excellence, of which include best and brightest companies to work for, social service and community, and women in business. To go learn more about Nicole, check her out at hrboost.com or nicolemartin.live. So jump into this episode with me. I think the content is going to be very relevant for a lot of us listening. And for all of those looking for work, stay to the end. She shares some content and ideas for how exactly you can do that. Nicole and Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to see you, Mark. So glad to have you both on. I'm going to start really with, since this is an interview with both of you guys, and because you both bring such expertise to the table, I thought I'd start with you, Nicole, first. You know, really, I like to start with the person who, who founded HR Booze, that, that'd be you. So tell me a bit about yourself. You okay. have obvi- an obvious skill in leadership, and we just read through your bio, and so our audience now knows kind of your experience in leading. But when did you first learn you had the skills to lead? Take us there. I can tell you that I didn't come to my title, so to speak, as chief empowerment officer of HR Boost when I founded it. I think that when you come up, and I grew from the receptionist desk to the seat that I have now, the role that I have now, a lot of us associate leadership with titles and roles, which I'll tell you are cheap, by the way. Mm -hmm. Right? Titles are cheap. You can give anybody a title. That doesn't mean they necessarily are a leader. And we all know that. (laughs) And so I think that I've really learned that I was a leader when I sat in a room for the first time and brought my team together. When I founded my business in 2010, I didn't think that I was in business. I was a consultant. I still didn't think I was in business when I had employees even. I was still a consultant. (laughs) In 2015, so five years in business, I had a, my, one of my clients offer to be an investor in my business. And I laughed even. I said, I'm not in business. I'm a consultant. And he said, no, honey, you're in business. And surely I'd probably been a leader before, director of HR at the C-suite table, et cetera. But I didn't consider myself cliche leader. Still, I was part of the team. So when these people all went around the table and told me why they work for me, I realized that day I was the chief empowerment officer because it wasn't just my intellectual playground that I created at HR Boost. It's their playground too. Mm -hmm. Just like I bring it to the table, but instead of us both dropping what we know on the table, we muddy it together, we mix it and stir it. And then we create something new together that she couldn't do on her own and I couldn't do on my own, but together we bring it. That's shared leadership. Mm. That's the new model of leadership today. It's not how you and I came up, Mark. It's not top down hierarchical or even just servant leadership. I lead by serving or serve by leading. It is shared leadership. And today, right now, Anybody who doesn't know what shared leadership is, they may potentially be able to develop more as a leader. Mm, I love that. So all of us are bringing a sort of ingredient 
to the table. We're putting it all, you've said mud, but I'm going to say ingredients. Uh, we all bring our own ingredients and you know, your job as chief empowerment officer is to help us encourage us to put our ingredients out on the table to build and bake the best dish possible. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I like mud cause it's sticky and I don't know. I, I like actually it. have taken a mud bath <laughs> to serve my skin out in Napa Valley. Yeah. If you've never done it. <laughs> Hey, there's mud pies, you know, it, it all works together. You can always mix a metaphor. You can <laughs> with it. Love it. So, so guys, you now help businesses all over the country. Tell me what you do and tell me what you see as you evaluate the landscape of HR, human resources in this country. You talk about a talent emergency. I want to know what is the emergency when it comes to talent and where are we right now with HR in yeah. the world that we live in today? Yeah. So, so I'll take this one. I think, um, you know, first of all, shout out to Nicole because she did write a book on this topic in 2015. So she may have some insights oh. to share as well. Um, but I think when we when we think about the talent emergency, even from a few years ago, it looks much different than the landscape today. So essentially, there just aren't enough skilled workers and trades to be able to take the place of the retiring baby boomer generation. So that was really the talent gap, the emergency that we've been talking about really for years. And now all of a sudden, here we are in 2020, our worlds have been completely turned upside down. And we're talking about an dif even different type of talent emergency, or that emergency has grown exponentially. Those baby boomers that were retiring several years ago that already had one foot out the door, now you bring in a global health pandemic, and they're out even sooner. There just isn't enough talent to be able to replace that skill set right now. Plus, we're dealing with new industries and organizations that are hiring exponentially. We're coming up on retail season, you may or may not have your holiday packages right now, or you may be struggling to find that because there just aren't enough workers to be able to take on that work. So some businesses are really struggling just to be able to keep up with that. So unfortunately, that that's not a, a shortage or an emergency that's going to go away anytime soon. We're finding it's getting worse right now. Well, from the employee perspective and the employer perspective, this is an emergency from from both angles, right? Can you speak to that some? From the employer perspective, it's hard to find good workers. From the employee perspective, tell me some about what this emergency means for the future uh, and, and where we go from here. You know, it's really interesting. I'm just going to jump in really quick, Katie, because ultimately... The small businesses now feel the emergency, attract talent, retain talent. One boomer, like she said, is out the door. How do we pipeline that? Guess what? That person's never going to show up because it's a talent market. By the way, the talent won. Yeah. And right now, your biggest competition is the freelance market, not maybe the competition, but the freelance market of another person like you or me, Mark, who decides, oh, I'll put out a shingle and start my own thing. And the global market just got huge. Tell me and more about that. So, so we've got a, a gig economy now where yeah. that's, so Uber is now, a, if, if I'm a small business owner, Uber might be my competitor uh, in terms Absolutely. of talent acquisition. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. What's really made it the emergency is people are competing for the same talent across industry. Yeah. Because a lot of people have already decided and learned they have to make their talent, not buy their talent. If they have to make their talent, they'll take anybody with maybe the right traits, et cetera, not necessarily experience, and invest in them. But the problem is you still have to attract those people. And what's really scary is like outdoor jobs, let's say landscaping, et cetera. They lost 30% of their workforce just last year. Guess wow. where it went? To McDonald's because they get their college paid for. They can be called the manager titles are cheap. And by the way, they get paid. And, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, what? We're competing across industry and hourly wage earning jobs. So that happened with the low wage earners, just so you know, across the country. And it's still happening. 
<laughs> but then wow. when the skilled talent, you can't just become a doctor tomorrow, an accountant tomorrow, a fiduciary tomorrow. You can't just write. And so even I just got my teeth cleaned recently. And she even told me that the hygienist used to have four-year degrees, but now you just have to get a two-year degree. Same thing with when you go to the doctor, you're not going to see an MD. You're going to see an NP, a nurse practitioner. <laughs> yep, that's true. Well, yeah. we talk a lot on our podcast about the financial reality of the baby boomer tidal wave. That's uh, that the wave is it has come, it's crested, it's fallen, and now it's being pulled back. Everyone's retiring, ten thousand baby boomers a day for the next twenty years. What will that do to our four hundred one ks when everyone's pulling money out of the market to spend at the grocery store in retirement? But yeah. you're talking about something different. You're talking about the same boomer. Uh, withdrawal, so to speak, but from the the workplace. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that's going to provide you know a higher unemployment or a lot of openings for jobs. But it sounds like there's something different happening here. Can you speak to that? What will what will the talent pool look like? What will employment look like post COVID? As we hopefully find a vaccine and, and implement it and get it widely distributed. Again, as we're recording this, there's no officially a, no vaccine, but who knows by the time this airs in December. What happens to the workplace? What happens to the office place? I heard, I'll tell a quick story. I, I was talking to a guy who runs and helps manage a building that has a thousand people that show up every day for work okay. at this office space. And he said, Mark, it's at 50 right now uh, as of uh, the recording. And I said, well, 50%? He said, no, 50 people come and go out of a thousand every day. My jaw dropped when I heard that. Yeah. So it's tell me, good. you guys have the crystal ball when it comes to employment. <laughs> What's the world going to look like post-COVID when it comes to employment? And I think, well, while we have predictions and we can certainly try to predict the future, we can't because it seems to be changing all the time. When this first initially started, we had predictions of what this was going to be. If you remember back in March, we were on lockdown for two weeks thinking, well, at the end of two weeks, we're going to come out of our bubble and magically the world is going to be back to normal. It's not. So there really isn't quote unquote normal. It's, it's learning to adjust to this new normal. And I think fundamentally the way that we work and the way that work gets done is changing. So not only only are we dealing with the dynamics of the baby boomer generation, even retiring at a faster pace than we had ever anticipated before. Now we're dealing with furloughs and layoffs, but also some industries completely booming that can't keep up with this labor shortage and this talent shortage. And then we also just have the ways that work gets done. As you mentioned, your, your clients, certainly downtown clients, the city of Chicago is, is practically empty in so many of those office buildings. I drove by the metro station the other day. I think I counted 10 cars in the parking lot, you know? that the way that, that people are working is just changing. So we're dealing with virtual work. Some people have never worked virtually before. Some managers have never managed virtually before. Trying to stay connected in these times of distance, trying to still hold people accountable, still trying to keep up our culture and positivity and all of those things are just a little bit more difficult and challenging. And when there's no end in sight, it's difficult to plan for it. You know, a lot of businesses made the call to say, we're going to work remotely through the end of the year. And they did this very early on, but that doesn't mean come January 1st, the doors are open and the floodgates open and everybody comes back to work. So now we've got to navigate now what's the next time frame? What does this look like? Some companies may never go back to working in the office. Others might be a blend or a hybrid approach. But I think one thing is for certain that we won't go back to the way that things were before. There's going to be a new normal, a new hybrid. The way that we work has fundamentally changed. You guys do quite a bit with helping with culture and process-oriented solutions in the midst of being distant. 
What are some fun, creative things that are happening that you see across the landscape of businesses that you work with? How are the folks handling and even maybe thriving in this new normal? Yeah, I can tell you what we did at HR Boost. I mean, yeah. essentially when we had our PPP money, as you know, many businesses got the payroll protection program and we were one of them. And, you know, Katie actually stepped up to the plate. She's one of the social boosters. And I'll be honest, as an authentic leader, it's because I was in triage, just like many. You're behind the scenes. You're knowing that, oh my gosh, you're getting the phone calls, pause, pause, pause. And it's changed my sunny disposition, just so you know, to a more concerned and sullen one because I was doing the furloughs and layoffs for people. And this is cross country. So that sad moment, which reminds us all to be visionary. And even now people are gloom and gloom in private CEO meetings. I'm invested. I know it. So that fun, I, Katie saw it authentically for me. What did I say, Katie? I said, you guys, I'm, I know I'm fun usually. I can't be fun right now. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be really serious and I got to work hard to make sure that we thrive through this, not just survive. And if we're going to thrive, I need all your help. And Katie and Tiffany, who are on my team, stepped up. And we did Monday motivation calls, wellness Wednesday calls, happy Fridays. So three times a week we got together, which we've never really done. Mm -hmm. And it truly, we did that all through the PPP. And then after PPP ran out, we had to pick our favorite. So we kept that the Monday motivation for the first of the month and then the happy hour for the last day of the month. And then we we kick fun things in like I just did. Katie knows it. Um, a pumpkin carving contest for Halloween, which just passed not that long ago. And I'm thinking of, it's really fun not just to do the things you've always done, but try to think of ways because I'm a mother and Katie's a mother. And those of you that are working remote and your kids are at home like you, Mark, we get it. Mm-hmm. You've got to come up with fun family things. And so I was like, get your kids, carve a pumpkin, tell them they're going into the company contest and they're going to win $5 for Dunkin' Donuts, get their favorite donut, you know, and we'll vote. And so that's what we did. And it was so fun. And my son was like so invigorated and it makes you happier as a mom, a parent at home, because you got them something to do. Yeah. (laughs) That was social and with people outside the home, but virtual. And so if you can come up with fun ways like that, it's a great idea. And holiday things are coming up. And Katie, what you want to dive in and just say some of the creative things you've seen clients been doing? Sure. Yeah. You know, I I think a a lot of clients are thinking outside the box right now and trying to come up with fun, creative ways. And it's not something that you have to have big budgets in order to do. It's just being able to find ways to bring people together. Um, You know, some people have Zoom fatigue and they're kind of tired of doing that. But at the same time, when you do things in a fun way or as a real opportunity to connect and you make it meaningful, then that's great. Holidays are going to look a little different this year. There are not the annual holiday parties, but ugly sweater contests at home. Uh, You know, I've seen that. So people can start preparing and making that. But it also, as Nicole mentioned, is kind of a fun way to get families involved as well. I've never met some people's children or pets and here they are on the Zoom call. So it's a fun opportunity to get together, you know, to get everybody together. Clients are really kind of coming up with some new and creative ideas and we're sharing some of our best practices and the things that we've personally done as well is just ways to bring people together. It doesn't need to be complex or complicated. It just needs to be fun where there's opportunities to connect and it really makes a difference. Mark, it can also be from the heart and caring. So if you're not necessarily feeling fun, that's okay, but then be caring. And we highly recommend one-on-one wellness checks, especially the ones that you're very worried about. And Best and Brightest has a, a COVID survey right now, Best and Brightest companies to work for. You can go to bestandbrightest.com and you can get this survey for your people. It's just five questions. And it focuses on that caring tone, that trust tone. And that way you're able to identify, am I doing the best I can for all of my people during this time? Have I considered all those factors? I'd also consider reaching out to maybe providers that you have 
um, be it your workers' comp carriers or employee assistance program vendors, or we do marketplace chaplains at HR Boost. Well-being checks, I think, go a long way with no agenda. Just how are you? And start by sharing how you are. And maybe if you want to do a round robin with your team, you could start with fill in the blank, everyone, and we're going to go around the room. But I'll start. If you only knew, fill in the blank. What fills in that Great. blank? Start with the heart. I think that's another thing that's going to be really important the next 90 days. I, I think if you were to share some of these a year ago, it would have been unbelievable to consider what we're living through now. But, you know, you're right. There are, there's a great quote someone once said, I think Michael Hyatt is famous for saying, what does this crisis make possible? Mm, what that. does this crisis make possible? I love the idea, Nicole, of having a chance for folks to have a chaplain. Those are just really great. I've, I've met people who uh, they're doing Zoom bingo. Anytime someone has to mute themselves, you get to put that on their on your, on your bingo card, you know? <laughs> and I've had people deliver wine to all their employees' houses and have a little wine party. So lots of creative solutions. What does this crisis make possible? So speaking of high-performing businesses, there's going to be people who are going to unfortunately retire early or close their business due to the pandemic and, and the fallout. Yeah. I've even heard something like a third of all restaurants will be gone, uh, unfortunately. But you talk about four pillars of the high-performing yeah. business. I assume this is going to matter whether there's a coronavirus or not. What is the high-performing business doing that the rest of us could learn from? I love that you put it that way, Mark, because really it is my favorite thing about COVID, to be quite honest. you got to look at the silver linings. So the four pillars are really just shared core values. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, we have core values. Core mm -hmm. values really means everybody put their handprint on it. And even though we may have created them, if it's in the past, for example, my team, we created them back in 2015. But then I'm able to tell the story of how the people created them. The we is on that. So shared core values is the first pillar. Um, it gives them ownership and aligns their personal values to organizational values and they can see it. Everyone is a leader, which means everyone leads from wherever they stand. Here's how we live leadership at the grassroots level, day one, how you can lead, operational leaders, how we can model those leadership behaviors, how we treat each other when the stuff hits the fan, and then the strategic leaders defining the things that people expect from them, like what is success? What are the targets? That's all part of shared core values and everyone is a leader. And then you get into the third one, which is transcendent organizational value and purpose. Um, we've all come up with businesses that have missions and visions, but we never really sat back and just said, why? And if you could just get rid of your mission and your vision and just throw that to the back curb, because nobody cares. If you just could say why you do what you do, why your business is humming, why you want people to come and work for you, that's transcendent. It needs to have meaning and it needs to transcend to the human being that comes to join you for that cause. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the third pillar. Performance excellence is really um, identifying performance excellence in all areas, caring about the fact that we cannot perform and be excellent without innovation, without change, and then defining how we collect ideas to keep us on the forefront of whatever it is we're doing in our industry. And so when you think about performance excellence, it really is, the individual development plans and also giving people feedback in such a way that they can identify how they connect to all of that and the bottom line. And those are the four pillars. If you really do these things and you measure them, measure leading indicators, not lagging things like turnover, but leading things like how many people are actually satisfied and engagement is only 20% of that pie. But if you had to ask yourself, 
are the people actually doing that, then every company will get 17% back on every dollar. If I told you you could get wow. 17% return on the dollar you gave me today by on caring about those four pillars, how many people think that's a good gamble? And that's the good news is that you're not going to lose money when you invest in these things. Wow, that's phenomenal. I, I And particularly the last, I mean, we could spend an episode on each of those four, but growth mindset is kind of what I got out of that last pillar. The idea yeah. that we're going to continually self-develop become better than we were yesterday, not just iterate, but innovate and give yeah. folks the chance to try something new, try out a new role. Now is the time to try things a little bit different. It's almost like the coronavirus took our future and pulled it forward three to seven years. And in fact, partly you guys know, and a full disclosure for our audience, you guys are helping me in finding some of these wonderful leaders of the future to, to team up with Lake Growth. And Katie, you've been very helpful in helping us find all of the team members that currently work with Lake Growth. And you guys, I got to just fully recommend everyone check out HR Boost. And Katie, in particular, you've been our key person to help us find and recruit all the wonderful talent and team members that are working and will be working with Lake Growth. In fact, you've been interviewing and talking with a number of our listeners of this podcast to who are interested in working with Lake Growth uh, as a financial planning associate. Do you want to give any kind of like just a high level of how those conversations are or would like to uh, share anything about what the recruiting process is like when working with Lake Growth? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, let me say, you make my job easy because you have a great story to tell. And so when I get to tell your story about your culture, your team, your growth, your focus, your plans for the future, these opportunities, they essentially kind of sell themselves. So I have a really fun job because I actually get to, you know, tell why it's it's so great to work there. And it's an easy job to do because you have a great culture and a great team and a great focus. And, and I love the way that we can promote that because it's not just about the job and the duties and the responsibilities and the job description of the skill sets that you need. It's really about the fit and the opportunity. And I think that's a huge one. There's so much opportunity at Lake Growth Financial, not just tomorrow, but in the future as well for a variety of different roles. And you guys are growing and for all the right reasons. So it's been really fun to be a part of that because people are excited to talk to me. They're excited to learn more about the opportunity. They're excited to go through the process. And I think it's a really great opportunity and a great organization. So uh, all, all good things. You've made Thank my you. job uh, really fun and easy. So Thank you. And, and for those who may have just figured this out, yeah, we are hiring. We're looking for a financial planning associate, and this would be a chance for you guys to have your income equal your potential. The worst thing on my gravestone would be he had such potential. So I want to achieve, I want to reach my potential in my lifetime. And for those that want to be mentored by me and one of our top advisors in our firm, this is your chance uh, to, to do what I do, essentially to meet one-on-one -on -one in an advisory role with families, real estate investors, business owners who want to reach their potential too. And it's a chance for folks who love what we talk about on our podcast to recommend and strategize and come up with creative financial solutions for clients all around the country. So again, thank you, Katie and Nicole for what you guys do. We're blessed and we value you and your team. And I think it's easy for us to be able to be supportive of clients such as yourself, because we get excited. Obviously you could hear it in Katie's voice. Yeah. And it's truly where you're creating something that's um, in my book at the talent emergency, which is the intrapreneur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what is, what does that word mean? Describe that in your words. 
the definition for me is somebody that actually comes in and instead of you maybe defining how they get to the goal that you're trying to create in your business, you kind of just say, what are your ideas? How would you like to contribute? And then you go, there you go. And what title did you say you wanted? Sure, go for it. You give them some parameters, but they get to create mm -hmm. and they get to really put their handprint on what it is that you're building together, that shared creation that I talked about, shared leadership. And there you have an intrapreneur yeah. who may not want the risk and liability like you and me of running a business, right, Mark? But mm -hmm. they get to spread their wings within your kingdom, so to speak, and fly. They're in business for themselves, but not by themselves. Sometimes right. we say that. What do you guys say when it comes to whether you're going to be an intrapreneur or, or simply a awesome employee? How can we be our own boss, no matter what our job title is, even if we work for somebody else? It's really about finding your passion and what are you passionate about? Because if you love what you do, it doesn't really matter what title you have. It's about doing what you love, making a difference, getting up every day and having the day flown by and you didn't even realize you were working because you were having fun doing what you love best. So I think it's really just kind of creating your own path. And while you may have to follow certain restrictions and parameters and things like that in terms of navigating uh, you know, the corporate ladder or things like that, it's finding opportunities for you to make a difference, to put a stamp on it, to get involved in other things, to raise your hand and volunteer for opportunities that weren't even there in the first place, but it's something that you're passionate about. And it's about, you know, just being true and honest to yourself and doing what it is that you love. And you'll feel like your own boss, even if you aren't. Awesome. I love that she shared that. And she lives that just so you guys know, but <laughs> I can tell you a different perspective too, which is I can remember things changing for me at a certain point when I walked into a room and I was with the, in, you know, five executives, let's say, and voices were raised. I've witnessed that. You guys have maybe been there too. And instead of biting my tongue, I decided, and many do this throughout their career and bite their tongue, become complacent, which is the beginning of a damage of relationship. But if you're leading, you're going to speak your truth, even if you get emotional, even if you cry. And the bottom line is, is that you go home and you sleep good at night. Because you know you spoke what? Your truth. You keep your moral compass intact. And the day I did that, I went home thinking, oh my gosh, I completely overstepped my line that day. I never should have done that. But guess what happened? I ended up becoming the leading business, like trusted advisor of the CEO that day because I was the truth talker, mm -hmm. not filtered, not the yes person. They knew that they were going to get the truth for me, whether they liked it or not. It was going to be wrapped nicely and in good packaging but it was the truth. And I would rather speak the truth every day of my life, especially in business and with my employees, my clients, or my bosses, which is everybody I just forenamed. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, is if you're not speaking that truth, then the question is, is how, how much are you really leading? Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if it's all about dollars and cents on a paycheck, then you're, you're not going to have a very satisfied life. And the moments that matter are the moments that you just mentioned, where you can look back and say, I spoke my truth, come hell or high water. And uh, the best uh, organizations are going to promote you for it. You know? Yeah. So, and boy, was I amazed. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. <laughs> that based on my story, everyone, just go do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so again, if folks want to find out more about working with Lake Growth and becoming a financial planning associate, the website is bit.ly slash worklg, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash worklg. And you can go there and check out the job description, figure out if it's a good fit for you. But guys, as we wrap up here, can you give our audience a, a, a 
one to three minute summary. What does HR Boost do? And what does it do for companies? I love that. I like to say always, if I were to say it in just 45 seconds, it's we meet clients wherever they are at their pace, their budget, on their journey to being the best place to work. Because that is really what we're after at HR Boost. We believe strategic HR day one, employee one. And that's on my header on LinkedIn if you looked me up. But that's because a lot of people think, oh, HR is payroll and benefits and a 1-800 number. And uh-uh, that's not <laughs> HR. No, you guys do a lot more than that. Yeah, everybody thinks they need that strategic plan and that operational plan. But we know that you need a strategic culture plan. So we do 179 line items that we call HR and we sum it up as that. And a lot of people don't know what HR is. So we for free let you take a scorecard on our website. And then we give you a free report and consultation so that we can educate you on what the heck is HR anyway. And I love the CEOs that call me on LinkedIn. I got that question live one day, which is, Nicole, what in the heck is HR anyway? I'm like, let me tell you. And we show up and we help you see that and how it ties to your P&L, which most business owners know their P&L, but they couldn't tell you how to measure HR. We measure HR and then we hold ourselves against it, just like you know, Mark, as a client. But we educate them on their journey because we believe that HR tactics, they have to flex as you grow and scale. And a lot of these smaller businesses like yourself, Mark, are going to grow fast, right? So they need a flexing HR model, and that's where we come and meet them as well. But you name it in HR, whatever you think it is, we probably do it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And you guys have been there for me right along the way for many years now. And I look forward to working with you guys in the future because we do keep, apparently we keep growing. Maybe we're doing something right and uh, changing the world one family at a time uh, and you guys one business at a time. So keep up the great work and thank you guys for being on our show today. I appreciate you both. Oh, it's our privilege. We appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Nicole and Katie, both so much. Guys, I want to give you a final quick announcement. We are wrapping up our hiring at Lake Growth Financial Services. And we mentioned it in the episode, but I wanted to reiterate it again. If you if you have a interest in building and growing a financial practice that creates a sustainable income for you and absolutely bringing financial peace to the lives of others, this is the time. I'd love to serve you and work with you to build a business that you can be proud of and that grows along with your potential. You can reach out to Katie and she mentioned, I think the link, but it's bit.ly slash work LG. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash work L-G. That's Lake Growth L-G. Uh, reach out to us and let us know that you're interested in working with Lake Growth as a financial planning associate. We're going to start training in January. So now is the time. Uh, We need to hear from you like right away (laughs) as you're listening to my voice. Don't let another week go by because we're going to be closing the doors and starting our training right away. So if you'd like to be considered for this role, just reach out to us. Again, the link is bit.ly slash work LG. And thank you again, Nicole and Katie, for all the great things you do for Lake Growth. Thank you also for being a guest, guests on today's show. And thank you all listening for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. 
On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.